Good morning, everybody, and welcome to church in an undisclosed secret location. Just kidding. We are at Victory Church in Peavely, Missouri, and we just want to give our highest praise, honor, and thankfulness not only to Jesus Christ, but to the pastors of Victory Church, Pastor Dan and Paige Lord, have opened up their platform and their pulpit to One Seat Church while we transition into our new facility as we speak. And there's just not enough thankfulness I can give to Pastors Dan and Paige for allowing us to be here. Pastor Sam, Michaela, everybody involved, Pastor Mary Jo. We're so thankful because I know, I know some of you One Seat people are looking at this going, where'd they get that nice backdrop? Where'd they get them nice lights? So we are just so blessed to be here and speak God's word. And you're at home right now watching. I pray you're standing with me as we read God's word before we get into the message. We like to be reverent to God's word and stand for the reading of the word. We're going to go to Mark chapter 4, verses 1 through 8. This is one of my favorite parables in the Gospels, and I talk about it a lot, and I know I've preached on it more than once. But this week, we're going to preach a little bit different message out of this parable. When you've got it in your Bible, just say amen or swipe, swipe, chat an emoji, amen, do something, let us know you've got it. Mark chapter 4, verse 1 through 8, it says, And again, he, Jesus, began to teach by the sea. And a great multitude was gathered to him so that he got into a boat because it was so crowded on the shore, Evan. It was so crowded he had to go get in a boat. And he sat in it on the sea. And the whole multitude was on the land facing the sea. Jesus shouts. I love this because the New King James says, listen with an exclamation point. He puts an exclamation point when he says, listen. We always think of Jesus like, hey, my brothers, my sisters, listen. We think like he's like this hippie, right? But Jesus shouted from the boat, listen. That means it's important. That means it's important. And the cool thing about being on water, it's a natural speaker system that God has created on earth. That when you speak from water, you can hear it better. So that was just Another amazing thing that God would do, he'd go get on the water so that the masses could hear him better. But he shouts, listen, verse 3, behold, a sower went out to sow, and it happened as he sowed that some seed fell by the wayside, and the birds of the air came and devoured it up, and some fell on stony ground where it did not have much earth, and immediately it sprang up because it had no depth, it had no root of the earth in it. But when the sun was up, it was scorched and hot, and because it had no root, it withered away. How many know that without a root, it won't sustain? It'll wither away. Verse 7, and some seed fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked it, and it yielded no crop. It suffocated the root. It suffocated the seed because it was too close together. But verse 8 says, but other seed fell on good ground and yielded a crop that sprang up. Why? Because it was on good ground. 
and it increased and produced some 30-fold, some 60, and some 100. You know when it's on good ground, it's not only going to root up, but it's going to multiply, the Bible says. Jesus said it right here. It will multiply if it's on good ground. My title today is When the Soil is Not Settled. And as you take your seats this morning, touch your neighbor, tell them, it's not settled. It's not settled. Come on, kids. Get off your tablets and help your dad out. It's not settled. All my kids are in the front row on their tablets. Can I just be honest with (laughs) y'all? It's not settled. So 2020, October, the best year of our life. It's been an it's been a interesting year for One Seed Church. It's been an interesting year for the church. And it's been a very interesting year for the world. And I want to give you a little context about our church history as One Seed Church and that we can apply it back into your life that you can know we can relate to you and you can relate to us and that we're all in this strange time together. As a church, we've relaunched This will be number three tomorrow. It'll be our third relaunch in less than three years. The problem with with constant movement is when when the soil is good and the seed is trying to root, you you can't get the root to grow because you've already shifted to another garden. It's like, I don't know if, if y'all seen the cartoons like where they're standing on the carpet and they yank the carpet out from underneath them and they, woohoo, they fall down. It's like that. It's like you can't keep your footing. Or Michelle, Michelle and I are watching, we've been watching a lot of Eddie Van Halen clips because rest in peace, Eddie Van Halen, one of the greatest guitarists of our generation. We watched this clip of him last night on like the Ellen DeGeneres show and he was playing guitar and the stage was so slick, he was spinning around and he almost fell twice because the stage was so slick. It's like you can't get your footing. It's like you're on ice all the time when you don't stay somewhere long enough to build any roots. So it's been, it's been this year of unsettledness. It's been this year of soil that may be good but hasn't rooted yet before we've had to yank the plant, before we'd had to move to another garden. As a church, we've just felt like we couldn't get our foundation growing before it was pulled from underneath us. The body of Christ this year, I know, has felt that in many churches across the world that with the shutdowns and the the reopens and the masks and the things and all the things that we can't get our footing. What what is the enemy trying to do to God's house? Well, for 2,000 years, God's house has stood. So God's house will continue to stand. But if we let it get to us in our carnal thinking, we can think there's a problem. We can think the soil may have a problem. We may start questioning the soil that we're standing on and shift gears somewhere else. So has 2020 been the best year of your life? Does anyone else feel like it's been the best year of your life? Michelle, has it been the best year of your life? She says no. I'm going to challenge you to that question as we go through this message. 
You know, we, we preach this in church all the time that unexpected change promotes growth. And so when we get unexpected change, what do we do? It's the worst year of our life, Nolani. That's what we say. But we preach in church when it feels good and we shout about it that unexpected change promotes growth. We'll triumph through adversity. Our faith, with, our faith without works is dead. We're testing our faith. But then when we get some adversity, Pastor Sam, we say oh, it's the worst year of our life when we actually have to go through it. It sounds good when we preach it. But what if that unsettled feeling you've had is actually because you are uncertain about the ground you're standing on? The reality is change causes us to look deeper at our lives and our situations that were previously just complacent as we were just going through the motions. It's just another week. It's just another week. Oh, I'm getting used to it. Oh, it wasn't good enough. Oh, they didn't, enough people didn't come to church. Oh, they didn't get used. Oh, what if God says, I got to shake things up? I got to shake things up. So the question to you today is not whether that God has something in store for you. It's, it's, it's your faith can stand strong on that. The question is your uncertainty has now shifted to when and where are God's promises actually going to root up? Where? Because as a sower... I thought I had it figured out. So my question to you this morning is, have you stopped throwing out your seed because you question the soil you're standing on? Maybe, though, the soil is not the issue. Maybe you've been standing on good soil all along. Don't neglect good, this is a good, you should write this down. Don't neglect good soil because it hasn't settled. Colton, don't neglect good soil. He's got his earbuds in. Michelle, don't neglect good soil because it has not settled. Church, don't neglect good soil because it has not settled. Because when we do that, we start questioning where we are throwing the seed. Is it in the right place? And, and this parable talks about the types of soils. And, and usually you'll hear, you'll hear preaching on the types of soils as your garden of your heart and what happens if you, if you let thorns into your garden or what happens if your soil builds no root and all these things. But today I'm challenging you saying that you, you actually may already be standing on good soil, that the soil is not the issue today. The soil is not the issue of 2020 perhaps, as you think. You know, like they call him a sower. That's what he does. He sows seed. Preachers, ministers, churches, they're sowers. But in farming, a sower, that's what they do. They Like a fisherman, a fisherman fishes, a sower throws seed. And that's all he knows. So when you've sowed long enough, you've seen results. You know what to expect from the seasons. You can read the seasons. Can you imagine being a sower year after year, producing crops, seeing growth, knowing how to get the right type of corn and the right type of whatever else they grow, the other type of foods and vegetables and harvest. And then all of a sudden, one year, it's not working like they've known. It's not working, but I've, I've thrown the seed this way all my life, and I've planted seed all my, all my life this way, and it's not growing this time. It's not growing. So, so, so my understanding of what I thought made it grow is now becoming foggy, and I'm starting to question, is something wrong with my soil? Is something wrong with this ground I'm standing on? Maybe I need to throw my seed somewhere else. Where are you throwing your seed. I don't see the expected results anymore. There must be a problem with the marketing. There must be a problem with people's hearts. I don't see the expects that I calculated should be there. 
I need to shift my soil. It must be the ground I'm standing on. It must be the ground. It's the birds. I know what it is. It's the birds. They keep devouring up my seed off my ground because, because my soil was good, but now the birds have come and devoured it. Maybe the bird is your employer. Sadly, maybe the bird is your spouse or your cousin or your friend. That's what you think. You start questioning those around you, saying, who is infiltrating my soil and devouring up my seed? Because I'm in it to win it, and these people want to take me down. They want to take my good seed from my ground that I've sown year after year, and now they want to, they want to, they want to devour it up, the Bible says. So what we do is we start questioning who's attacking us, who's hating on us. It could be someone close to us. It could be our family, God forbid, but it is often our family, those closest to us, that know us the best, that love us the least, because they don't see the promise that God God has in you, like because that God sees in you, because they don't respect you the same. Remember when Jesus was in Nazareth, he could not do many miracles before they did not have any faith, he said, because he was just a carpenter's son. So you may be standing on a really good ground right now, but the people around you, you're questioning their faithfulness, and you start questioning your own ground because they only see you as the carpenter's son in your walk with God. But God says, I've got more for you. They see you as a fisher of fish. God sees you as a fisher of men. He's going to take what you do well here on earth and magnify it to do well for him and his kingdom. Where are you throwing your seed? Have you started throwing your seed somewhere else? Or have you stopped throwing your seed? Don't neglect good soil just because it hasn't settled yet. Don't abandon in God's soil because it appears like the enemy devoured your seed. Maybe that's not what happened. Don't abandon God's soil because it appears like it's just full of rocks. Things aren't always as they seem, and things aren't always as they appear. Jesus said, if you have spiritual eyes and spiritual ears, you can hear the kingdom of God. You can hear the things of God. You can see the things of God. You can't have revelation if you're looking at it in a carnal way. God says, I need you to hear it and see it different. That's why he gave them parables, because until they had the revelation, they could not see it or hear it right. So in the flesh, I say, there's something wrong with this ground. And in the spirit, God says, it's not the ground. That's the problem. It's not settled yet. The soil is not settled yet. So what do we do when we doubt it? We start messing with it. We start messing with the ground. Well, it's like, a, it's like a recipe gone wrong. What do you do with a recipe that's gone wrong? You start dumping some more salt in it. You start, you start stirring in some more whatever. You're trying, to, you're trying to fix something that maybe was never broke, and now you've contaminated. So how do we mess with our ground? We turn it into a grounds for comparison. We start looking at our ground and comparing it to somebody else's ground, and we start saying, well, look, their ground produced. Their ground's multiplying. Their seed is good. There's something wrong with my ground. Why is my seed not multiplying? One seed turns into millions. Why isn't one seed multiplying? Why are these things happening? What's wrong with my ground? So I start, we start comparing our grounds, and we justify it as a grounds of comparison. And now we've shifted away from what God is doing, and we're focused on what someone else is doing. That's not what God wants. 
Discover God's perfect plan made just for you. That's our vision statement because what they're doing is not relevant to what God wants to do in your life, in your purpose. And when you get distracted with what someone else is doing, you lose focus on your purpose with your walk with God. Touch your neighbor, tell them, stop messing with it. Stop messing with it. Stop messing with the soil. The soil is not the issue. We compare our wounds. Has anybody else noticed that in 2020? Everybody's comparing wounds. Well, they talk about their wounds as a church, but the world is hurting much worse. We, we compare wounds. Just because you have a wound and they have a wound doesn't disqualify whose wound is better or worse. Like, doesn't disregard or negate the fact that a wound is a wound. So, church, can we, can we, can we be the body of Christ and recognize that all wounds need healing? And that everybody's tolerance for wounds are different, so we don't have to compare our wounds. We don't have to say we don't need to talk about our wounds because their wounds are bigger, and 2020's been worse for them, and 2020's not has been bad for me, so I shouldn't even talk about my wounds. Because if there's a wound, I preached this in a, in a video clip the other day, if there's a wound, a wound that has affected you, it needs to be addressed. Whether it's insignificant to somebody else, it's significant if it's impacted you. So it's okay to talk about your wounds, and it's okay also to be compassionate to someone else's wounds. It's not relevant to how deep the wounds are. All wounds are wounds and are treated equal. We need to quit comparing our wounds. We start focusing on someone else's thorns. We get enough thorns around us, we start talking about thorns, and God says, I've got your soil." Quit talking about their thorns. What do we do? We take their thorns and we start putting it in our good soil. We start, we start sabotaging our own soil with thorns. The, the Bible says the thorns basically suffocate. They're like people that suffocate out the goodness of God's soil and suffocate the root. And so what do we do? We actually go take the thorns from somebody else and we go dump them in our own soil. We saturate our own soil with someone else's thorns. God says, though, I've got your soil. Leave the thorns. We planted. And nobody, who likes thorns? Anybody likes thorns? You never hear somebody say, I just love to play with thorns. Anybody ever remember, like, playing baseball as a kid, like, uh, or a tennis ball? Or, uh, no, Lonnie, I don't know, like, if you guys ever played catch or anything, like, when you're a kid, you in Brooklyn, and, like, you throw the ball, and then it lands what bush does it land in, Evan? It lands in the barberry bush with all the thorns on it, okay? And not only is it in the bush, but it's deeply nested in the bush. And you got to reach in there, and you got to, you got to, like, you got to do a, like a Tom Cruise, and a boom, 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 get in here. And you got to, like, do this, like, contortionist move to get that out without getting what? Stuck by the thorns, Okay? You don't want to get stuck. Nobody wants to get stuck by thorns. So you don't need to go take these thorns and then stick them in your garden because what's it going to produce? Thorn bushes. That's not good soil. That's not what God wants. But you can give thanks for your thorns because that's how you know what is good. Come on, somebody. Who's with me? Just throw an emoji amen or something so I know that there's a pulse out there online. Nobody likes thorns. But I thank God for my thorns because it keeps me in check with where the good soil is. If I never felt haters, I would never know what authentic, genuine people were in my life. If I never experienced transformation, I would have never seen 
God's deliverance. So we need a 2020 once in a while. Y'all hear what I'm saying? We need a 2020 once in a while. Because if you never know what your faith is made of, you never really know where your faith is. It's got to be tested. We all need 2020. My garden isn't producing in the timeline, though, I, I predicted. Is it the thorns? Is it? Maybe you're neglecting good soil that you've already been standing on because the soil hasn't settled yet. It hasn't settled yet. Here's the good news, church. Fresh soil isn't rooted yet. What do you need when you want to grow something? You need fresh soil. But fresh soil takes time to root. So just because it's not rooted doesn't mean it's not good soil. It just hasn't rooted yet. Fresh soil isn't rooted. That's good. You can clap for that. Like, I clap with this mic in my hand, but it'll mess up the recording. You can clap for that because fresh soil is what you need in your life. You need a fresh soil in your garden to root. So don't worry about if it hasn't settled yet because it will. If you, The Bible says one, one waters, one plants, one waters. God gives the increase. So if I keep planting in my soil and someone else keeps watering in my soil, guess what? Guess what's going to happen? God is going to give the increase. The Bible calls it good ground or good soil. All you youngins here, I'm sure you know who MC Hammer is. It's all good. Don't you remember when Hammer tried to go thug? He went from, you know, too legit to quit. And, uh, um, oh, my goodness, what was the big one? I'm, I'm really getting old. So he had all these poppy, poppy rap songs, and then he went gangster, Evan. He went gangster with, it's all good. And then his career went, it's not all good. And it went all downhill after that. But what I'm saying is you, the soil is all good. Bum, 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 dun, dun, dun. YouTube it. Bum, bum. I'm not making this up. It's all good. Hammer says it's all good, and God says it was all good to begin with. You've been standing on it the whole time. We built a house a few years ago, and when you build a new house or you ever buy a new house, and you know, you know what it looks like, right? It's a yard full of dirt and mud, and the first thing you want when you get the house, besides furniture and the keys, is some grass up in St. Louis. St. Louis, we do sod, okay? So, so, so we had uh, a soil. We, it was called a plastic soil uh, mixed with uh, clay and fill and stuff from construction, and so, so that was not good soil. So what, are they, what does the sod company recommend? They say, go get some fresh soil. And if you overlay fresh soil over the bumpy, rocky soil, then you put down your sod. At first, it will be three components. But if you water that in and let God nurture what you have, come on, somebody. If you let God nurture what you have, that thing will go from three into one, and that soil will become one with the sod, and that good soil will mingle with the clay, and it will all become one rooted thing. But it takes time. You need fresh soil, even if it's not settled yet. Wait it out. Stay in your word. Stay in your garden. Stay on your ground. God is doing a great 
work in you through the tilling process. All of us have rocks in our garden that we've got to till out of our heart, and that's the continuation of sanctification. As we walk this earth as the body of Christ, we will continue to get a pebble here and there thrown back in our garden, and it's up to us to till the garden. But it's 2020. If you think in 2020 has been the worst year of your life, I want you to recognize that maybe you've been on good soil all along and that your garden is fresh and actually ready to produce. So don't don't go sh- jump ship now. Don't go, go go buy a prefabricated garden off Amazon if they make such a thing. Don't go do that now because your soil is just about ready. It's just about ready. God's doing something. God's doing something. Remember that if it's good ground, the Bible says, it will, not maybe, come on, everybody say, it will. It will produce fruit. It will if it's good. If God is good and he is able and he's going to bless what I've asked him to bless and he's touched it, it's good ground, it will bear fruit. And not only, remember, will it bear fruit, but it will multiply, as we stated in the beginning, it will multiply some 30, some 60, some 100. It will. So if you know you're standing on good ground, you know that it will produce good fruit. And you can give him some praise for that because that's good and that will never change. As long as God has touched it, it will produce fruit. Trust God's soil. Trust the soil. The soil has a different kind of rock in it. The rock is Jesus. That's the kind of rock you need in your soil. You need a little Jesus rock in your soil if you want it to sustain and last and not collapse under the pressure of the heat and under the pressure of the thorns because the kind of rock I got in my soil can't be defeated because Jesus is the rock in my garden. And that's the kind of soil I want to stand on. That's the kind of soil I want a church building on. That's the kind of soil I want the body of Christ to grow on. That's the kind of soil we need because the enemy and no weather pattern and no storm, no, no, no extreme sun, nothing can take away from that soil. It's good. If you all could stand with me this morning as we close this special edition one seed message. When the soil is not settled. Remember, the Bible says one plants, one waters, God gives the increase, and I'm paraphrasing, is is Paul and Apollos. It has to keep being nourished. It has to keep being fed. So if you've stopped throwing your seed on your soil because you're questioning the ground, God says don't neglect it because it's just not settled yet. It's fresh. And you need fresh for it to root. You need fresh. The word of God is how you keep feeding. The, the Bible says that, the, that Jesus was the word and the word was made flesh and we beheld his glory and knew him not and hung him on a tree and crucified him. We, we, he is the word. His, his words are spirit and they are life. And when we speak the word and when we ingest the word, we are casting seed onto whatever it is we are trying to grow. And when we cast that word on good soil, it will multiply. Not just once, not just 30, not just 60, but maybe like, maybe like Abraham, like maybe like more than the stars we can count. Maybe the return is so good, it's beyond our greatest comprehension, comprehension. 
If your vision for God's purpose on your life isn't beyond what your mind can conceive, it's not big enough. It's not big enough. Your vision for what God can do in your life should be so big because if God's in it, the sky is the limit. That's what's so cool is you don't have to carry around the worry of what is God going to do because I know that when I'm on good ground, he will do something and I don't have to no longer worry about how it's going to look or how it's going to feel because I know it'll be blessed and I know it's going to be bigger than anything I can imagine. So it's just like heaven. I can't wait to see it because God only knows what it's going to be. And that's the way I want it to be. So some of y'all have been saying this morning in this year, 2020 has been the worst year of my life, but perhaps 2020 is going to be the best year of your life. Let's pray. God, we come to you right now in your mighty name, the only name given among men that we might be saved into heaven with you for all eternity, God. And we are thankful that when we get distracted by the world and we get distracted by the media and we get distracted by the news that you said, hey, you are standing on good ground all the time because you were genuine with your prayers to me, says the Lord. And you've, you've been faithful to me, says the Lord. And I will not leave you stray, my sheep, he says. God, we ask you to remember to see and hear with the Spirit and not our flesh, God, and to know that our ground is portable with you, Lord, because you can take any soil and you can multiply it any way you wish. So just because in our carnal minds it's not working like we should think, God, we give thanks because we know you are able to do overly and abundantly more than we could ever conceive or imagine. God, I pray that this word touches a listener today, touches someone in this house today, touches someone online today, that they receive this good news and recognize that the shakeup of 2020 is not a punishment, but it's a blessing. And that's what we need as your sheep, God. Help us carry it into this week. Help us remember the good news, God, because we're standing on good ground and we carry the good word. We can say it's all good like Hammer said. God, we give thanks and we ask you to bless us now. And if the house of God could say in Jesus' name, amen.